morning, everyone. This is Judith A. Culp. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome. Good morning. It's March 24th. We are, you know, pretty much almost done with March already. Easter is uh, on the horizon for those of you who are into that. Celebrate that if you're Christian. Um, But, you know, I'm not super religious, but I do look forward to, you know, a time of resurrection, you know, a time to uh, rise again, redo things, uh, ascend. I'm all about the ascension. Uh, so spiritually, it's a it's a good time for me because, you know, it's spring. It's about renewal. Um, and I kind of connect to the underlying message uh, of the Christ, you know, like, hey, you thought you were pushing me down. You thought you were ridding me. But now you got me forever. <laughs> Basically. Um, so, yeah. And like I said, I, I'm not joking at all. I took a, I was in school a lot. Uh, Catholic school and the Stations of the Cross. I mean, all of that. Uh, you know, I uh, I chuckle. But, yeah, I'm I'm pretty serious about it. I was indoctrinated. I was a kid and I was, you know, I did that for, let's see, my high school didn't have a church, but we occasionally did mass in the gym. So from K to 12, I spent a lot of time studying religion, studying uh, Jesus and going to church, going to mass. So yeah, I feel like I can, I can, uh, connect with the resurrection story. And there have been times in my life, even recently, where I felt someone or something or some, you know, concoction of universal events were trying to keep me uh, down. They were all conspiring together to try to keep me down, put me in my place. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a comeback story or two in my life. And, you know, it's it's a beautiful feeling. It really is to know that someone attacked you and tried to make you something you weren't and you were able to rise above that and and thrive even. So, you know, if you can't connect with that, you know, you're probably not alive because almost every movie has some version of that in it. <laughs> Good triumphs over evil. Well, I mean, that's how we live. That's how we that's how humans are wired. If we didn't believe that, what what are we doing? You know, and it is difficult right now because we are in an age of uh, no accountability. People don't seem to be all that into being accountable for anything. Um, and I get how you can feel discouraged because it looks like people are getting away with everything. You know, um, I believe the feds are building a case against Donald Trump and it takes time. I it seems like they should already have something by now but um but when they put a case on you you don't get out of it so that's why it takes so long. Um but yeah, I mean, sure, I'm sure everybody can think of somebody that they've seen some bad behavior it's like, "Oh, you can just cheat on your wife and it's no big deal." Or you can just go around giving people genital herpes, it's no big deal. Yeah, you know, there is accountability and it's coming. It's slow from humans. I don't know what our deal is right now. Uh, It's hard to get us on a consensus of what's right and wrong these days. But, you know, if you believe in something bigger than than you and I, 
whether you believe it's God, whether it's source energy, whether it's the universe, whatever you call it, if you believe in that, uh, you know, it's coming, (laughs) it's coming. And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing it actually, because it it has been hard to just be like, whoa, so you could just do, oh, okay. So you could do that and you ain't, oh, okay. (laughs) It's tough to watch. I mean, you know, especially in a city like St. Louis, because there are a lot of people here hurting. And I mean, I was just talking to one of my friends last night. And I'm like, the only problem is I love St. Louis. I think St. Louis is great. And I'm not going to lie. The, the minute I get a chance to headquarter my company somewhere else, I'm going to take it because it'll be a, a more business friendly environment. There will be more candidates. There will be more. I can't start a film com- community here because I will be building it. Do you see what I'm saying? All my friends in film don't live here because there's nothing here for you. And it's like, I, I'm too old to be trying to build a whole community. At least I don't, at least I don't want to. That's not my thought. And if, you know, obviously if, if that's what's supposed to happen, that's what's going to happen. But, you know, like everybody else, if you get a chance to get on the first thing smoking out of here, you head out because there's just nothing here. Um, but a lot of really good people really good people some of my favorite people there's a lot of good food here there's a lot of good music here there are a lot of really amazing wonderful artists here um just good solid the earth people now we're not the friendliest people in the world so don't get it twisted you could very easily walk around st louis and be the loneliest person on the planet because our big thing is i don't know you now we'll most of us will be real polite to you you know, it's not a problem. Okay, good luck. But we're not going to just be like, hey, if we don't know you, you know, who all over there it was created uh, by St. Louisans, I'm sure. You know what I mean? When somebody's like, hey, you want to come over my house? Who all over there? <laughs> That's St. Louis. <laughs> that should be our, our real motto. <laughs> who all over there? Because I ain't going up with a bunch of people I don't know. So I don't know. It's just frustrating because St. Louis is a great place, beautiful place to film. I could make several films here and you'd be stunned because the architecture looks so amazing and you've never seen it because nobody really films here, especially not now without the tax credits. So I don't know. It's just a, and I don't see how it's going to get fixed. You know, I couldn't even sit through the, I don't live in the city, so I can't vote in that election, but I couldn't even sit through the debate that was on last night. I mean, I don't care. I don't care what they're going to say because it only matters what they do. The, all of them have said the same thing to get elected. And I'm not sure why the mayor of St. Louis is such a glamorous role to people because you really only have 300,000 people. The population of of the 70s and 80s has dwindled. It used to be like a million people lived in the city. And now it's reversed. A million people live in the county and 300,000 people live in the city. And so, you know, it's like, and somebody else just told me they're thinking about moving to Dallas. And it's like, man, I've lost a lot of friends from here to, to Dallas and Houston. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, the mayor is going to say all this stuff. The future mayor is going to say all the stuff they're going to do. And, uh, You know, the possibility of it getting even worse still looms. And so how do you fix that? You know, 
they, they need innovation. The problem is St. Louis isn't an innovative place. People here aren't really into new things. Like I said, it's the who 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 all going to be there type of environment. <laughs> We're guarded is what I'm saying. So, you know, pray for us and pray for me as long as I'm here, because I'm telling you last year, my neighborhood erupted in gunfire. And while it's never been like the best neighborhood in the world, it was never that. And it was terrifying. And so to think that, you know, people live like that on a daily basis to the point where they don't even hit the deck anymore. You know, that's scary. It is scary. You know, and there's so much that needs to be fixed. And we should be 20 years into a solution, not just trying to come up with something now. Because everybody just talks. There's all this lip service, you know. And St. Louis's number one problem is it's hemorrhaged jobs and never got them back. You know, we lost big chunks of uh, the Department of the Army. Those good government jobs left. A big chunk of those were gone. And I know because my brother had one. <laughs> and... uh Southwestern Bell, which was bought out by AT&T, they left in the 90s at some point. Um, big chunk of jobs went to Dallas and a lot of people left to go to the, with those jobs, you know. So it's like and I could just go on and on. General Dynamics, uh, Anheuser-Busch, yes, it's still here, but the headquarters and a lot of the, the big wig jobs and some of the stuff that would have farmed out a lot of jobs to local people moved to New York. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the same with Monsanto, which is now owned by Bayer. Uh, You know, it's just you can't hemorrhage jobs and expect to have a great community. Sure, there are plenty of people here thriving, doctors, lawyers, um, some people who are associated with startups. We have a, a pretty vibrant startup community. But in order to attract people to stay here, so you may get started here, but are you going to stay here? Uh, because life here is not sustainable. There's whole chunks of the city uh, and county that are, are considered north that no one is redeveloping or doing anything with. It's really bizarre. I think I'm going to try to, I don't have time right now, but I really would like to do a documentary about St. Louis. Just walk around with a camera and just show people what I'm talking about. Um you know, because this is a place we deserve a better city. And when I say city, I mean city and county. We deserve a better metropolitan area than what we're getting, you know. And I'm really only here for my family. If I didn't have family here, I would be leaving on a jet plane uh, out, out. But anyway, I did not think I was going to talk about that. Uh, but yeah, politics, you know, the local politics. And oddly, the mayor of St. Louis gets elected in April. I never paid that any attention till now. So I was like, why are they running so hard in February and March? Turns out that they take office at some point in April, like April 20th or something. So yeah, it's it's all different. It's all different. Anyway, like I said, I didn't expect to talk about that. Um I don't really have anything else. There's nothing going on, really. The mass shootings. And I know everybody's upset, but, you know, America loves guns. And the gun lobby is strong. And, you know, your favorite politicians have probably taken some money from the NRA. And it's not just Republicans, people. So you have to, you know, you have to dig deep into the psyche of Americans to make us not want guns. 
you know, but listen, I get it. If you live in a community where you think your only safety against the person that's coming in your house who has a gun is to also have a gun, I understand that. I get it to protect, but just to, you know, have guns laying around, your kids are shooting themselves with the guns, they're shooting your other kids with the guns, they're shooting you with the gun. I think I read a case where grandma was sitting in the front seat, grandson, baby grandson finds gun, shoots grandma on the back of the head. Like, yeah, that I don't get. Why are your guns out and unprotected? And why are you so in love with guns? And why do we need machine guns to be sold to regular folks? You know, and why don't we know the backgrounds of these people? Why does it have to be you want a gun? Go get it. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yes, you have the right to own a gun, but you don't have the right to just be reckless and irresponsible with it. American culture is really, really. And people get, you know, one of my friends, she doesn't agree with me, but I think hip hop culture has just really over glorified the gun for the black community. You know, certainly for um, a certain section of the community if you view yourself as a thug or tough or hard you know you got to have a gun in your waist belt and you gotta you know wear your pants sagging and you gotta have a bunch of girls and and make a bunch of babies you can't afford and you gotta be the whole stereotype you can't just do a little you gotta do the whole stereotype and you gotta have guns on your facebook page (laughs) And stop playing. Everybody says, kids aren't on Facebook. Young people don't like Facebook. Yeah, they do like Facebook. And they're on Facebook. And they're posing with their guns on it. So, you know, and that ties into like this kind of uh, normalization of guns and gun culture. And it's not normal. It's not normal to pose. This is not the wild, wild west, you know. And people are are violent. And we're emotional, and, and then, you know, if you're into impairment, if you're sitting around getting high and drunk all the time, your judgment's going to be off. And it takes nothing to make you mad enough to go shoot somebody. You know, so we need to attack that because clearly uh, we can't rely on the government to fix this problem for us. They've had decades to try and they haven't. So, you know, we need to figure out how we as a community and as a society can uh, eradicate this love of guns. And again, it has to come down to agreeing on what's right and what's wrong. And we seem to have a problem with that. Think about it. Half the country doesn't think it was a big deal that some wackos try to overthrow the government this year. I mean, listen, (laughs) I'm a history person. I love history and I'm a writer. So all this stuff is kind of glorious to me in one way because that's that's the joy you hear when I'm telling these stories on on this podcast but the other part of me is just I want to get old and relax at some point in my life what the hell (laughs) this is crazy you know um yeah so anyway we we got to come to some common understanding and agreement about what's right and what's wrong and I think just having all these guns and all this volatility and people, because uh, see, I think as long as it was just, you know, black people killing each other uh, in in their neighborhoods, it was fine. Nobody seemed that's yeah. Well, they they just gonna fight. That's how people are. I've heard some stupid shit. Okay, but um, 
now you've got enough of these random mass shootings for it to be a problem. And that person almost always looks the same. I know this guy had uh, a Middle Eastern background, but, you know, it's always like this loner weirdo. uh, And they and I know the kid that shot of Virginia Tech was Asian, but he also seemed like a loner weirdo. Loner weirdo uh, can come in any race usually it's a boy and they just you know these incel type people so now we got enough of those to be like wait a minute it's not just the blacks shooting each other on a saturday night you know you've heard those stereotypes and some stereotypes are true but it's more than that and it's getting way 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 out of control because it's not just gangs and it's not just people who are about that life it's like regular folks walking down the street and all of a sudden two dudes who can't shoot just going ham shooting at each other. And then you got these rando, I'm just going to walk into a grocery store and shoot people. Like, that's a problem. Like, it's just too many guns around and there's too much comfort with letting people just get guns. You know, like if you're mentally ill, uh, I don't know, sister or you know, that uncle you worry about, he never takes his medicine. If he has a gun, maybe people need to have a conversation. Like, hey, maybe you don't need a gun, you know? And I I recognize everybody's family isn't like mine. Everybody's not like me because I'm that relative that'll say something. Why you got a gun? Give it to me. (laughs) Give me that. You don't need that. That's my personality, though. Um, And maybe everybody needs more of that. <laughs> you know, we had a case here uh, in St. Louis County many years ago. His name is Sean Hornbeck. He was a little boy who went missing and he was kidnapped by uh, a guy who worked at a pizza shop in Kirkwood, Missouri. This was, gosh, I, I remember his picture. He was a little boy. So this was the early 2000s. He got kidnapped by a man named Michael Devlin who lived in an apartment complex. And suddenly this old man, he's I guess in his mid to late thirties, but never had a girlfriend or anything from what I understand living with him. But he shows up and all of a sudden has this little eight year old boy with him. Now I read that in the newspaper. And of course, you know, he was molesting the boy is really horrible story. And, um, I remember, I think it was about 2007 or 2008 when they found, another little boy who had just recently been kidnapped and realized that they had found Sean Hornbeck. So my point is, Michael Devlin went to his family parties. He went all around the world with this little boy and nobody was like, who is this little boy? It doesn't sound like it because he went to like a family wedding and I think his sister was like, yeah, he showed up with Sean, but he said it was his girlfriend. Okay, you know, I would have called the police immediately. If my brother, who's single, has no kids, doesn't seem to have a girlfriend, shows up with an eight-year-old little boy, uh, he won't have that eight-year-old little boy for long. Not if I have anything to say. Where you get this little boy? Little boy, who are you? Where you come from? You know, that's how I am. So I'm saying all that to say, we need more of that. (laughs) Why you got this gun? What you gonna do with a gun? Give me that gun. You know what I mean? Like some of these people don't need guns you know and we just need to ask more questions and we need to be more you know invasive especially if you know the person 
Like some things shouldn't happen on your watch. But a lot of people are like, well, it's not my place. Well, who? Okay. Sometimes it is your place, though. And I know that's a very simplistic uh, solution to a very complex problem. But I think, you know, sometimes you just got to start somewhere. And uh, maybe that's where we start. Because I swear I would have turned my brother into the police. That sister was like, well, he just showed up with him. He just showed up with a little boy. What? I mean, seriously. Anyway, it's a fascinating case. You might want to Google it. Sean Hornbeck. He's a grown man now, but it's just, it's an incredible harrowing tale. And I just have to think if any of the that man's neighbors, if any of these people were a little bit more like, mm, I'm going to call the police because this just doesn't feel right. And like honored that. I mean, might have saved the little boy five years of torment and sexual assault under this guy. Anyway, rando, sorry, but uh, (laughs) that's what you sign up for. That's what Mad Love is. It's a stream of consciousness made on an iPhone as soon as I uh, wake up. Well, not as soon, but very close to after I wake up and get ready for work. So that's where I am now. I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, get ready. April is upon us. If you had some goals, you need to get after them because, uh, pretty soon we'll be in the middle of the year. And, uh, but I mean, this thing is just flying, which is good. It's good. COVID is still alive. So please wear your masks and stay back. (laughs) That's going to stick with me forever. Just stay back. I'm good with that. Please be well. Take care.